0: Uh, i want to speak this evening on a question that maybe some of you are asking Uh, when i was uh, studying uh, in uh, bible school it seemed like we were always asking questions that nobody else was asking Uh, but i think this is a question that everyone is asking or at least the church should be asking and uh, tonight we're going to ask the question what is happening In America. Um, La pregunta esta noche vamos a hacer una pregunta o tratar de responder a una pregunta. uh, ¿Qué está pasando en Estados Unidos? I think all of us uh, can bear witness to the fact that things are changing in this country. And uh, sometimes it can be a a difficult thing to kind of consider what is happening, what's going on. So tonight's message I think will be uh, somewhat of a, of a hard message to hear, sad message to hear perhaps, but also one which I think would be uh, very encouraging for us as the body of Christ and very necessary for us. So I want you to begin with me in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 Vamos a comenzar en Deuteronomio, capítulo 30, verso 19. Y vamos a hacer la pregunta, ¿qué está pasando en los Estados Unidos? The history of the United States is a history of God's blessing. La historia de los Estados Unidos es una historia de la bendición de Dios. Uh, we have uh, now as a nation just about... Uh, 335 or so years of existence, and uh, America. Just to give you a, a, a long, short history of America, uh, it was first uh, the first colony that was ever established in this on this continent, North American continent. Deuteronomy 30, and just hang out there. I'll get there eventually. Um, it was the Jamestown settlement. It was settled in. Uh, what's not now virginia the uh, first, la primer el primer lugar que se estableció en Estados Unidos se llamaba Jamestown y esto fue en virginia and uh, this, uh, uh, this settlement was settled by people who had no uh, necessary no real ge- uh, religious uh, motives they came for uh, the establishing of a of a commercial Point of uh, of commerce. Los, las personas que establecieron Jamestown establecieron esa ciudad, ese lugar con la intención de abrir un centro comercial. Entonces, el fundamento de esa aldea no era uh, uh, espiritual sino uh, financiero. And there's a principle in life that the way that something begins will be a great determiner in how it will end uh, la, hay un principio en la en la en la vida que la manera que algo comienza puede determinar la manera que algo termina the foundation of something is essential to its longevity el fundamento de una de, de algo es uh, esencial a la longevidad de ese de esa organización o de esa familia that's why when a marriage begins when it begins with a uh, wedding ceremony before god it's a good start right how many of you would agree that's a good way to start a family uh and and because it's a step in the direction of saying we want to honor god so the way that something begins is important often the way that a church begins is important if people come together to plant a church uh, that like is the history of this church then it's set, it's set on a good foundation. Sometimes churches are, are built from a split. You know, a church breaks away from another church, they get mad at some people, and they go start their own church, and that church often struggles to flourish because of the way it began. So there's, some, there's a principle there that's true for nations, it's true for families, true for individuals. And America, so uh, the, the beginning is Jamestown, but History tells us that Jamestown, uh, the inhabitants of Jamestown, disappeared. When the, uh, they were left and then they began to, the, the settlement, when the ships returned to Jamestown, there was nobody there. They were all gone. And uh, something that had begun ended rather abruptly, quickly, and to this day it's not sure uh, exactly what happened. So a new settlement was, was formed. But this time it was settled by men and women who came from Europe and they came under the pressure of religious persecution. They were known as Puritans. Cuando la primera aldea falló, entonces se vino otro grupo a establecer un un lugar aquí en en la nueva tierra, como se le llamaba, pero estos eran eran, peregrinos religiosos y eran las personas que se les uh, llamaba uh, por, por su doctrina de ser puros. The Puritans had a very hard um, spiritual background. Uh, they, were a, they were a people who wanted to be holy. You know, the Puritans, they were so committed to holiness that they would pay somebody to walk around church with a stick with a needle at the end of it, and if you fell asleep, they would pick at you, and that just about eliminated all falling asleep at church. Uh, but they actually hired somebody to do that because they took so seriously the need to be awake and a, an alert at the preaching of God's Word. Don't worry, we're not going to have any sticks with needles around here, but uh, it it's, uh, just lets us know what kind of people they were. When they arrived on the coast of uh, Plymouth, where they settled, before they got off the boat, anybody know what boat they got off of? All right, the Mayflower. Uh, before they got off the boat, they said we should establish uh, we should establish the uh, the principles upon which this new settlement is going to be founded. Cuando ellos antes de bajarse del barco Decidieron, escribieron una carta que determinaría de, de los preceptos de donde esta, esta aldea se iba a fundar. And, and the end of the Make Power Compact says this, that they had come to this land for the advancement of the Christian faith. Y ellos dijeron, hemos venido a esta tierra para el avance de la fe cristiana. And so, uh, the the culture of what we currently know as the United States of America began under that principle. Entonces lo que hoy se conoce como Estados Unidos bajo, uh, se formó bajo ese precepto and as the nation began to grow and eventually uh, became independent, mientras uh, el continente comenzó a ser, uh, a crecer y se independizó de Inglaterra. A nation was formed. A nation in which God was a central part. Una nación en la cual Dios era una parte uh, central. The uh, Declaration of Independence actually cites the Creator on a couple of occasions, and then it ends by saying that this was agreed upon in the year of our Lord, 1776. There was a, a uh, commitment even within the language of a simple date, the expression of the fact that our nation was being formed under the year of our Lord. During, during the, uh, the debate about how the Constitution would be formed, the Congress could come to no agreement. And Benjamin Franklin, who today is said to be a de- deist, he stood up and he said, gentlemen, he said, uh, we have been at this for several weeks now, have gotten nowhere. He said, and it strikes me that it is because we have not prayed. He said, if a sparrow cannot fall from the sky without the notice of God, how will an empire rise without his help? And history tells us that they left the Congress and they went across the street to a church and got on their knees in prayer. When they came back, they formed the Constitution of the United States which we now are governed under. The first Congress, you may not know this, the first Congress published Bibles with public money. As they said, for the preaching of the gospel to the Native Americans. El uh, primer congreso imprimió Biblias con dinero público para la predicación del Evangelio a los que eran nativos a este continente. And on and on we can go as to the faith of our. Uh, nation's founding. And I believe that that is the reason why America has enjoyed the blessing of God and the prosperity of God for so long. Yo creo que esta es la razón que los Estados Unidos uh, se ha aprovechado de la bendición de Dios y ha contado con la prosperidad de Dios todo este tiempo. Nations that were founded around the same time as us back down in South America have never known the prosperity that we have known. They've never known the peace that we've known because they were founded by people who came looking for gold. And America was founded by people who came looking for God. Now what's happening in America? ¿Qué está pasando en los Estados Unidos? And as you know, this past week, the United States Supreme Court, a very slim majority, uh, chose to disregard the very first principle of God's government. When God created the world, the very first thing He set in order was marriage. Jesus said this, He said, You have read that from the beginning He made male and female. Male and female created He them. And so we have systematically as a nation begun to uh, remove God from every area of society Como nación hemos sistematicamente removido a Dios de las áreas de nuestra sociedad. We began by taking the Bible out of school, by taking prayer out of school. Then we descended to acknowledging or or accepting the idea of abortion and and on and on until now we have come down to the very last element that would make our society uh, bound or committed to the values of the Bible. And we have come down to that last one. And as a nation have said, we no longer believe this to be true. What's happening in America? no esto? And if I could, I just want you to think about this for a second. Because we have, we have systematically broken the Ten Commandments as a country. There was a day in America where you could not, uh, you couldn't do anything but go to church on Sunday. There was a day when you couldn't buy or sell on Sunday. There was a day when you couldn't. Uh, then they said, "Well, we won't sell alcohol on Sunday." Then they said, "Well, we won't sell alcohol till noon on Sunday," so they could go to church and then come back and get get their get their beer. There was a day when schools and leagues understood the significance of the Lord's Day and on something as small as not playing a baseball game on the Lord's Day we've come down to where anything goes on the Lord's Day anything goes on the midweek when we used to reserve that time for the worship of God, the study of his word what's happening in America and here's the thing The church has gone along with a lot of it. The church has gone along with a lot of it. And so it finds itself, I think, a little bit uh, guilty for where the nation is going. Because when we compromise on the little things, we compromise on the big things. Cuando entramos a un compromiso con las, pequeñas, con las cosas pequeñas, eventualmente vamos a llegar a las cosas grandes. And uh, when, when this ruling came down, I happened to be sitting with the uh, highest ranking officials in our denomination. And I asked them this question. I said, now what? And I guess sometimes I, I don't remember that I'm younger than them and that I rank lower than they do. But I said, you know, I said, brothers, let me tell you something. For years, we have refused to speak out against adultery and immorality in the church. And now we're going to speak out against homosexuality? How is that? If we haven't pointed out sin, now it's a little too late to come to the game and say, thus saith the Lord. What's happening in the church? Because ultimately, the church is responsible to God, for the nation. Now, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Is it all right if we have this conversation? You're not nervous, are you? Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Here's what I believe has happened in America. Number one, I believe that the church is being called out and it's being required to take a stand. We have had it very easy But now, there's a clear line that's been drawn. And you and I have to decide. Are we going to stand for righteousness? Or are we going to go with the, the currents of the world? The Lord said to Israel, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. And like never before, at least never in my lifetime, the church is having to make a decision as to life and death, blessing and cursing. It should be an easy decision to make. But it's not as easy as it seems because some churches have been so willing to compromise on righteousness. And some have already compromised on righteousness, but Now you and I have no place to hide. There's no gray area. It used to be the church could say, well, it's a state's rights issue. Well, we'll see what the Congress says. Well, at least here in Texas, yada, yada, yada. Now it's black or white. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to serve? Joshua said it this way, didn't he? You choose... Whom you will serve. If it be right to serve the Lord, serve Him. And if it be right to serve the God of the Canaanites, serve them. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Josué dijo: Escojan ahora si es bien servir a Jehová, sírvanle, Y si es bien servir a los dioses de los cananeos, sirvanlos a ellos. Pero yo y mi casa serviremos a Jehová. And frankly, I'll just tell you this. This could be the best thing that's happened to the church in a long time. When you and I have a clear decision to make, puede ser que esto sea lo mejor que le pase a la iglesia, tener que decidir, o sirvo a Dios o no, obedezco a Dios o no, o levanto la justicia o no. Entonces, este es un momento de determinación y yo creo un momento clave para la iglesia this is a clear moment for the church we all know in our discussions about the end times that there is coming a day of separation the wheat and the tares. todos siempre hablamos de los, di- de los días del fin y decimos viene un día de separación de eh, eh, el trigo y la cizaña este es ese día this is that day. And it couldn't be any clearer than it is now. Go to Amos chapter five. I'll give you a moment to find it, because Amos can be a little hard to find. In the Old Testament, right after the our major prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos chapter five, verse four six. And, and I'll explain why I believe this is such a clear line of division. You know, we have hidden behind the American flag for a long time. Right? But it's coming a day when the laws of this nation Will no longer guarantee us that freedom. So you might say, "I should have stayed home tonight." Pastor Isaac's scaring the life out of me. Well, you could go to someone else to give you cotton candy, but I, I can't give you cotton candy tonight. Because it melts in your mouth. It's sweet, but it leaves you hungry. I want you well fed. Because it's going to be a long journey for the church in the United States. Amos 5, verse 4. Thus says the Lord of the house of Israel, Seek me that you may what? Live. y vivirás. Seek me that you may live. But do not restore to Bethel, do not, do not come to Gilgal or cross over to Beersheba, for Gilgal will certainly go into captivity and Bethel will come to trouble. Those are cities that had high places for the false gods. Seek the Lord that you may live. Or what? For he will break forth like fire, O house of Joseph, and it will consume with more, with none to quench it. Búscame y vivirás. Dice, o si no, como fuego y consumirá. So, the church has a clear choice, doesn't it? La iglesia tiene una, una decisión clara. This is number one. We're being called out. It's a time for choosing. Number two. This is a time to take a stand for righteousness. Exodus 32, verse 26 On that day, think about this, Moses comes down from a 40-day prayer meeting. He has been in the presence of the holy God. He saw God write with his own finger the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. Hollywood still can't duplicate. Incredible sight. He comes down that mountain, his face glowing, from being in God's presence, those tablets in his hand, Moisés baja del monte con las tablas de los diez mandamientos en sus manos, y viene habiendo hablado con Dios 40 días, visto el dedo de Dios escribir sobre esa piedra, y ahora viene y desciende. And what does he see? He sees the nation of Israel having an orgy. Dancing around a golden calf. ¿Y qué ves si no la nación de Israel celebrando una, una uh, vaca, un becerro de oro? Teniendo una, una celebración de inmundicia y inmoralidad. And Moses in his anger, you remember what he does? He takes those commandments and he throws them down. Moisés toma esos mandamientos y los quiebra sobre aquel monte. And he goes to Aaron, the priest. And, and this is the fact, guys, that God's going to come to the preacher. He's coming to the preacher to say, What's going on in your country? What are you preaching? God, uh, Moses goes to Aaron and says, What happened here? And Aaron gives that most ridiculous answer in the whole Bible. He says, I don't know. They gave me some oil, uh, some auto. they gave me some gold. I threw it in the fire, and out came the calf. And, and the Lord said to, to Moses, Ask the people, All of you who are on the Lord's side, Come over here and stand with me. El Señor le dijo... Uh, 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 Moisés, dile al pueblo todos los que estén del lado de Jehová vengan a pararse de acá Are you on the Lord's side? Listen church there's coming moments in in days when it's gonna be the Lord or your family it may be the Lord or your friends It may be the Lord or your society. It may be Lord or the country we love. Whose side are you going to be on? It's a time to stand for righteousness. It's a time to say, I am on the Lord's side. Number three, for the church, this is a time to ask for mercy. Número tres, para la iglesia, este es tiempo de pedir misericordia. If you're in Amos, keep going a little. Go toward the right and you'll find Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter three, verse two. Vaya a Habakkuk, capítulo tres, el verso dos. It's hiding out. Habakkuk three, two. Lord, I have heard the report of you and I fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years and in the midst of the years make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. En la ira, oh Dios, recuerda la misericordia. In wrath, oh God, remember mercy. This must be the prayer of the church. God, in wrath, remember mercy. Esta tiene que ser ahora la oración de la iglesia. Señor, en tu ira recuerda la misericordia. And it may be, church, that we're going to see difficult days for this nation, but I would rather see America lose its influence in the world and gain its soul. I would rather see America lose its financial prosperity and gain soul. Its soul, because what will a man give in exchange for his soul? ¿Qué dará el hombre en cambio por su alma? Yo prefiero ver que Estados Unidos pierda su prosperidad y no su alma, que pierda su influencia en el mundo y no su alma. Más que todo, prefiero ver la misericordia de Jehová Ra, Remember mercy. The Bible says that God is slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and full of mercy. la palabra Señor Jehová es para la ira y abundante en su misericordia. So we have a great claim upon the character of God, even in the dark days of this nation, that we can say, God, in your wrath, Remember mercy. What will mercy look like? Mercy will look like a church on fire. I thought I could get an amen for that. I said mercy will look like a church on fire. When you find a church where God is moving, where the Bible is being preached, where the Spirit is allowed to lead, where Christ is Lord and pastor, you had better believe that that is a sign of the mercy of God. We're experiencing that here, aren't we? God is being merciful even in these days. So that's for the church. So now let's talk about the country for a moment. Ahora vamos a hablar de la, de la nación. Go with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter one. Romanos capitulo uno. And this is where I believe the answer is. It's not a popular answer not going to be an amen, hallelujah kind of answer, we probably don't want to hear this. But this is, I believe, what's happening to America. Let's start at verse 18, Romans chapter 1, verse 18, are we ready? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Do you think America is suppressing the truth of God in unrighteousness? Yes. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that we are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. Think about this. The Supreme Court ruled against God. Ultimately, they ruled against God. And if they look up on the fresco on the wall, you see Moses holding the Ten Commandments. Even though they knew God, they did not acknowledge him as God or give him thanks. So what happened? They knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. Has has America become an ungrateful nation? Just think about Thanksgiving for a moment. Thanksgiving Day. When President Lincoln established Thanksgiving Day, he said it was to be a day for fasting and prayer. Why are you laughing? I've never met anybody, myself included, who fasted (laughs) on Thanksgiving Day. It was set aside as a day for fasting and prayer, to give thanks to God for the blessings that he had given the nation. What do we do today? We feast and don't fast. You play football rather than pray. (laughs) And then there's Black Friday, which is now becoming Black Thursday, right? Have we lost our way? They forgot to give him thanks. But they became futile in their speculation and their foolish heart was darkened professing to be wise, they became fools. Consider this for a moment. If we have not been living this out, we spent a trillion dollars to build a website for health care. It didn't work. You remember that? And now we can't figure out whether a man should go in the women's restroom or not. professing to be wise, we've become fools. So enlightened, aren't we? Foolish. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. I heard this week a quote Richard Dawkins. Anybody know Richard Dawkins? He's the, uh, the renowned atheist. Always the, one, the go-to guy on disproving the uh, existence of God and supporting the evolutionary theory. They asked him, do you think there's any evidence of intelligence in the universe? He said, yes. He said, there's no way you can look at, at, at a cell and not think it was made by some intelligence. He said, well, where did that intelligence come from? He said, well, it probably came from another civilization on another planet that uh, put a seed of intelligence on this planet that later became the evolutionary process. It'd be funny if it wasn't so sad. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the image or form of a corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Here's Here's where we're at. What is happening to America? Therefore, God gave them over. Therefore, God gave them over. Por esto, dice el, el libro de Romanos, por esto Dios los entregó. Y yo creo, con un corazón muy atribulado, uh, pero tengo que decirlo, que Dios está entregando a esta nación a su concupiscencia. I believe God is giving this nation over to what it wants. You see, the nation that says, thy will be done, will be blessed but the nation that says my will be done eventually will hear God say thy will be done have it your way he turned them over and there's there's three three statements here that we need to look at he gave them over to the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them for they exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen consider with me that we will we will save the life of a salamander at the bottom of a well but we won't stand up for the life of the unborn In the womb of his own mother. Been turned over because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And if you don't see America in these verses, I'm I'm sure you would see Rome in these verses because the story of Rome and the story of America is much the same in its and his demise, and Paul is writing to the Romans. He's explaining to them what's happening in Rome, but the pattern is the same. Verse 26, again, for, the, for this reason, God did what? He gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function, for which is unnatural. And in the same way, also, men abandon the natural function of the woman and burn their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. I'm not going to say anything more than that. I think God's word is clear. America is being turned over. just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God did what? He gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. What's happening? America I believe America is receiving what she wants there could not be a clearer choice for the church tonight I admonish you with this number one you and I are citizens of the kingdom of God I love America but America didn't save my soul. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. This church is a, a kingdom outpost in a foreign land. And so long as it stands, and so long as its doors are open, we will proclaim righteousness to this city and to anyone who will hear it. We'll do so in love. We'll do so with the grace of God. But we must acknowledge that we are citizens of a higher kingdom. Our loyalty is not to the laws of the United States of America. Our loyalty is to the law of God and the word of God. So as a church, then we need to understand that because we're kingdom, And because we're the outposts of the kingdom and because our loyalty is to the kingdom, then we pray for the good of our land and we pray for the blessing of God on America and we pray for the repentance of our nation and its leaders. And we pray that the church will rise up and be a clear voice to the nation. It says, Thus saith the Lord. And I fully expect that there will be, uh, in, in the years to come, a great divide in, in the church between those who will fear God and those who will fear man. You have to decide. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Because righteousness exalts a nation. I said righteousness exalts a nation. And sin is a reproach to its people. La justicia exalta la nación. Pero el pecado es uh, lo que trae condenación a la nación. So I am going to say this as your pastor. I'm going to say it on a Wednesday night. There aren't too many people who aren't familiar with the gospel here tonight. But I'm going to say this. We will not perform homosexual marriage ceremonies in this church. Nor will we host them. And I will not be party to them. Not because we don't love homosexuals. But because we will not redefine what God has already defined. And we will preach righteousness. And we will love everyone that comes through those doors. But we will be loyal to the kingdom of God. And obey him only. And if it seemed right, follow me. If it doesn't seem right, then I'm sure there's someone somewhere that will feed you cotton candy on a Wednesday night. But I love you too much to tell you any different. And when I stand before God as my judge, I will say that I preached His word. The church has a decision before it. You have a decision before you. And God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, I will, not I might, not maybe, but I will, from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. America needs healing. The only difference now is that it's not just sick. We know exactly what America is, what its condition is, and we have to stand up. on a battlefield of truth. Teach your children the truth. They're going to come home with all kinds of ideas. Teach them the truth. They're going to come home with notions about uh, right and wrong that are un- anti-biblical, and you and I must teach them the Word of God, teach them the truth of God. And we must, we must point out sin. In our own lives, first, if there's sin in our heart, it needs to be confessed and repented of. We can't we can't play games anymore. This is a time for choosing. It's a time for decision and determination to say, "I am going to honor God." And if if I look in the mirror of God's word and I see uh, sin in my life, I'm going I'm to correct it, repent of it, confess it, and correct it. As God gives me the grace to do so, I pray that every one of us in this church will have the heart to do that. And I fully expect that in the darkest days of this nation, we will see the brightest days of the church. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, to join me in prayer tonight a prayer for God's mercy a prayer for revival that righteousness would run into the pulpit and preach would you stand with me please is it all right if we have this conversation Just take a few moments in this uh, quiet hour just to reflect on your own heart. Are there any areas of compromise? Are there any areas in your own heart where you may have said, God will wink and nod at this? And if there are, then I want you to hear the voice of the Savior calling you to repentance, Offering you forgiveness, because the grace of God has been extended. The grace of God, the mercy of God, has been extended. He's long-suffering; His patience is is seemingly forever, but it isn't eternal. There is a day when God calls a nation to account, but the Bible says that if God is going to judge the nation, he will first begin in his own house. And if it begins with us, said the Apostle Peter, if God begins with his own house, what will the end be of those who obey not the gospel? Father, I pray you'll begin in my own heart and in the heart of your people. If we have sinned against you, in our thoughts, in our motives, in the way we treat one another. If we have sinned against you, we pray that you would forgive us of our sin. And God, I thank you for the breeze of the Spirit which blows through this house every week. I thank you that we have not come to this moment in the history of our nation being caught unprepared, but because you have been gracious for more than a year now, you have prepared us as your church to hold a bright beacon of revival fire, to say that our God reigns. We thank you for revival. We thank you for the mantle of revival that is on this house. We thank you for the spirit of holiness that has convicted our hearts. thank you that you began first with us and you have changed us and convicted us and molded us and shaped us and are doing so still because this will be a kingdom depot in a foreign land saying thus saith the Lord and now we stand as your children we stand as your children even as the exiles Still in Babylon, we stand as your children and we say, God, have mercy on America. Have mercy on our president. Have mercy on our Congress. Have mercy on our courts. Have mercy, Lord God, on those who rejoice. And those who celebrate the rejection of God. Have mercy, O oh God, on dead churches and sleeping preachers. Have mercy on Christians who've compromised. Have mercy, Lord God, on those who in ignorance don't know any better. We pray in wrath, oh God, remember mercy. We pray that revival would come to this nation. That a spiritual hunger for truth would arise out of this deep and dark day that there would come a light shining as a beacon in the midst of a dark tempestuous sea that would say this is the way walk in it have mercy on our children O God and on our young people give them wisdom in their schools to know the difference between right and wrong give them courage to stand and to face the challenge of our day God I pray for this church give us mercy O God and love and faith and compassion for those who would come through our doors that we would love everyone, that we would turn no one away, but that we would stand for righteousness' sake. Heal our land. Heal our land, O God. Paul, lift up your voice in prayer tonight. This is a house of prayer. Be gracious, O God. We will look to you We will trust in you. We will preach your word. We will stand on your truth. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side?